first with the question what is the call of God in your life or when someone asks us do you know your ministry most of the time we have a struggle within, within us to give a proper answer you know I believe everyone has a ministry I believe everyone is called by God so it is important to know what is your ministry it is important to know what is the call of God in your life in order to know your ministry in order to know your call of God you need to really ask God Lord what is the call in my life if I know my call if I know for what I am called I know my ministry and as I said every one of you including the adults and children those who are listening to me every one of us has a call in our lives so this morning I want to deal with the topic of God's call in a very practical way you know I, I even though I take scriptures but I try to do it in a very practical way so so that it means something to you you know when I what I mean really is saying that it is a practical way when you listen to this sermon carefully this morning you will come to know what God wants you to do I'm very certain I'm very sure because I'm speaking the Word of God so because God speaks to us through his word and when you know forget my words but when I project the scriptures when I refer the scriptures I believe God is able to speak to you and at the end of the sermon we will be able to take certain decisions and actions based on what you receive are you with me are you with me you know it's very important to know the call of God in our lives the life is going to go away very soon we don't know how many years we are going to be alive on the face of this earth when you committed your life when you made a commitment of giving your life to Jesus you came with so much of zeal in your heart you wanted to do so many things for God but now we know what years will go just easily years will pass by but we are maybe in, still in the same situation and this morning it is very important that we need to know what God wants us to do you may be wondering what I have to do with the call of God under the heaven I understand your situation I understand your position but this morning I pray that God may open your eyes and ears your heart to listen from him Bible says everyone is called of God everyone is called by God in a broader level God calls everyone God's calling is for everyone you know but not many receive the call of God there are two reasons many people do not know that they are called they do not know that God has already called them and many other knowingly they reject the call of God so those are the two reasons where when we may not know what is the call of God in our lives sometimes we don't know we are so ignorant of the call of God in our lives or probably we knew about it or we know now but then you know what we reject the call of God that's why Jesus said in Matthew 22 14 Matthew 22 verse 14 Jesus said for many are called but few are chosen many are called in fact the entire world is called the entire mankind is called but only few are chosen 
So my prayer this morning is that we may not be found in the group of people who reject the call of God. We want to listen to his voice. We want to listen to, we want to know what God wants me to do on the face of this earth. What is the, you know, the, what is call of God? There is another word to the call of God. There is another way to understand the call of God is the reason. Lord, what is the reason for my existence? That's nothing but the call on your life. This morning I would like to title my sermon as Knowing Your Call. Knowing Your Call. We are going to talk about three types or three levels of God's call. I mean, this is what, is, uh, this is what I understood and just, I'm just sharing that with you. We are going to talk about three different types or three different levels of God's call. Number one, called to save. Called to serve. Called to leave. Can you say that with me a little out loud? Just try a little bit through your, mouth, through your mask. Uh, called to save, called to serve, called to leave. Thank you. Called to save, it is a universal call. It is a call upon every humankind. You know, they are called to save their lives. Called to save, called to serve. You know, we are all called to serve, all children of God. We are all called to serve, called to leave people like us who are disciples or who are followers of Christ. They are called to leave or they are called to leave so that they can become disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. They are not just three different, just three different types of God's call. I would say there are, there are three different levels of God's calling. Call to save, call to serve, call to leave. You know, do not forget this. Even if, we, you, know, even if, you, are, if you wake you up in the middle of the night and tell what are the three different types of call, what are they? Call to save, call to serve, and call to leave. There are three different types and more than that, there are three different levels of God's calling. You know, we are not trying to align them one over the other. Or we are not saying that one is superior over the other. But in a way, one is inclusive of other as you see right now. So each level of God's call has its own characteristics. It has its own expectation and it has its own commitment from us to fulfill that call of God in our lives. So as you listen, as I said, I would ask you to find out what is the call of God in your life. You know, that's what is important. We are not here just to, you know, just, just to get information or we are not here just to build our knowledge, but we are here today with an intention of knowing intention of knowing what God wants me to do on the face of this earth. So we are going to take this into little detail. Number one, called to save. Called to save. We are all called to save our lives from the eternal fire. This is the simplest thing which we can understand as children of God. We are all called to save from the eternal fire. First of all, we need to save our own lives. And secondly, we need to help others to get saved from the eternal fire. So this is the call to save. This is a universal call. This call has come over the entire humankind. No one can say that I am not called. This call is for everybody. You know, today gospel is advancing to different parts of the globe with an aim, you know, to make sure that this call of God is known to the entire mankind. Otherwise, they will go to the eternal hell. 
So called to say, let's see a couple of scriptures. It is, the Bible says it is a commandment of God that all must be saved. It is a commandment. Let's read Acts chapter 17, verse 30. You know, I'll be quoting many scriptures today. Just try to follow with me or, you know, just make a note of these scriptures. Acts chapter 17, verse 30, Bible says, Truly these times of ignorance... Can you read that also with me? If you read, you know, your understanding will improve as you read together. together. Truly, these times of ignorance, God overlooked. But God now commands all men everywhere to repent. So it is a commandment of God that man must repent. It is also the desire of God that all men must be saved. Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4, God desires all men to be saved and to come to this knowledge of the truth. So we are all called to save. And you know, God wants us to repent. God wants our lives to be saved from the eternal destruction. And Bible also says, you know, when Paul writes to Titus, he says, salvation is for all men. Salvation is for everybody. Titus 2.11, Bible says, for the grace of God that brings salvation. What brings salvation? The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So that grace, salvation is part of that grace. That grace of God that brings salvation, that grace has appeared to all men. No, salvation is for everybody, but people now choose to reject or people choose to accept it is up to them. But salvation is for everybody. That doesn't mean that everyone is saved, no. It means that it is available for everybody. They're all called to save. You know, everyone who is called of God, for those who obey the call of, call of God, already Peter is writing. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Peter says, but you are a, can you read it with me? But you are a chosen generation. Who? Those who obeyed the call to save. Those who are called and they are saved. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you already out of darkness into the marvelous light. Now many of you sitting here, at least some of you sitting here, some of you listening to me, once we were living in darkness, you never had light. You never had Jesus in your family or in your tradition. You are living in darkness, but because of his grace, because salvation is wrapped in grace and grace came to you and it was made available to your family. And today you are able to serve God. You are able to follow God. And if you are listening to me this morning, I assume that you already obeyed the call to save. Those who obey the call to save, they walk in light. They have already come, came out of darkness. But if any of you still have been to obey the call to save, and if you continue to live in darkness, I ask you to obey. I ask you to obey by receiving Christ into your life. When you receive Jesus in your life, you obey the call of God to save. And this will save you from the eternal fire. And God is calling us. God is calling every one of us. Let's move further to the second call. It's known as called to serve. Called to serve. All God's children are called to serve. And that's why it is important that we must know our call. 
what God has called us into, what God has called us for. You know, this call doesn't really require you to change your profession. We are all called to serve, but you know, this call is not expecting you to change your profession. You can continue to do what you have been doing, but still you can serve God. Amen? You know, what a privilege it is. And this morning, we need to know our ministry. You know, that's our objective. So as I speak, identify the areas where God wants you to serve. God wants you to minister. Write them down. Write them down. You know, as we go through these sections today, as we go through this, I believe God will speak to you because I prayed for that. And I know you prayed for it. You, some of you have come with preparation this morning to receive from God. And I believe God will speak to you. As God puts those thoughts, write it down. Or text that to your spouse. Or text that to me. Text that to somebody saying that, you know, God is asking me to do this right now. Let's go further together. Serving God is nothing but serving people. Serving God is serving people. And your ministry can start right here where you find people. That's where your ministry is. Obviously, we cannot just serve God. We can serve, but we cannot really serve people in isolation. We need to be living among people, and I believe all of us are living among people. Serving God is serving people. Serving those who are hungry. Serving those who are thirsty. Serving those who are strangers, serving those who are naked, serving those who are sick and those who are in prison. They need support, they need service. It's nothing but serving God. When you serve people, it's nothing but you know serving God because on the day of judgment, God is going to be seated on the throne and on the right hand side of God, God is going to see a group of people and Jesus will look at them and this is what he will say as he says in Matthew chapter 25 verse 40 and this is what the king will say the king will answer and say to them assuredly I say to you in as much as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me how can we serve God we can serve God by serving all these kinds of people that we listed hungry thirsty stranger naked sick those who are in prison those who are in need when we serve these kind of people around us we are serving god helping others bible says helping others is serving god you know today there are many people they help there are many volunteers they help helping others is nothing but serving god Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 Want to read the scriptures For we are his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus for good works Why we are created? For what we have created Come on For what we have created Good works Are you listening? Good works So we are created for good works Which God prepared beforehand That we should walk in them I'm just going to read that from another translation. I'm going to read from the Living Bible. So the same verse, Ephesians 2.10. Let's read together. It is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in 
helping others. What is the plan of God? We should spend these lives helping others. You know, sometimes we become very tired of helping others. And we say that, okay, okay, this is the last time I'm going to help somebody and I'm not going to do it again because the person whom I helped, he or she turned his or her back to me. I don't want to help anymore. I'm not going to really, I'm not going to help anymore in this, in this way. Because I spend a lot of money, I spend a lot of my effort in helping such people. You know what? God doesn't care. God doesn't care whether somebody turns back to you or somebody is very great, you know, uh, grateful to you for the help you did. But what God expects us is this is what God expects. God created us and he planned that we should spend this life helping others. So how can somebody say that I'm serving God but at the same time I don't want to help anybody? They are contradicting to each other. The way, the reason why God created us to help him, help others. We are going to get into some of the deep, you know, service that we can do for God. We can render for God. I keep just keep listening and just, you know, keep listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as we speak. Spiritual gifts. God has given us many spiritual gifts to serve others. Let's open the Bible. I'll look at the screen. Probably you can look at the screens. Romans chapter 12 verses 7 through 13. The letters may be small, but I would encourage you to look at the screen. Romans chapter 12, verses 7 through 13. I did a bit of homework here. You could see that. <clears throat> Shall we read the scripture together? Preferably you can read that from the screen. That will help. Verse 7. Let's read together. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them. Well, we are talking about serving others. If you are a teacher, how can we serve others? If you are a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If you are a preacher, see to it that your sermons are strong and helpful. If you, sorry, if God has given you money, be generous in helping others with the money that God has given us. Already there are three services that we can render. We can teach, we can preach, we can give, help others with the position, with our money. If God has given you administrative ability and put you in charge of the work of others, take the responsibility, how? Seriously. Seriously, you know, if God has given you ability to volunteer, if God has given you ability to administer, God has given you ability to, you know, do the accounts, do the cleaning, do the, you know, handle people, arrange transportation, you know, various types of administrative ability, God is asking you to do it seriously. Those who offer comfort to the sorrowing should do so with Christian cheer. I don't know what is it, Christian cheer, but it's very amazing. Christian cheer. That's what Living Bible says. I like that part. Those who comfort to someone, comforting others is a ministry. Teaching is a ministry. Preaching the word of God is a ministry. You know, there are how many ministries you will come out, 20, 30 ministries. How can one person or two people or a few people can do this in the church of God? We need everybody. We want every hands to be put together in the plow. 
Preaching is a ministry. Giving, supporting others is a ministry. Are you with me this morning? Are you liking this so far? No? Yes? Okay, right. So, uh, you know, administrative ability is a ministry. Volunteering is a ministry. Those who can offer comfort and support to others. I don't know, God may be calling you to do one of these. That's what you need to be careful about. You don't want to miss that. You know, you don't want to miss that because, you know, you may or may not get another opportunity to obey the call of God. Comforting to someone who is sorrowful with the Christian cheer. Let's go further. Verse 9. Do not just pretend that you love others. You know, we are all good in that. We pretend very much as if we love. Every time when we see people, we put a big smile. I mean, that's good. You need to smile. But you know what? Let's read further. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of the good. Love each other with brotherly affection and take delight in honoring each other. Loving each other and honoring each other is a ministry. God is calling you to do that. God is calling you to do that. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. God doesn't want, us to, God doesn't want lazy servants. We talked about it a couple of weeks before. God doesn't want lazy servants. God wants us to be enthusiastic in what we do. First of all, be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and prayerful always. Verse 13, when God's children are in need, you be the one to help them out. Helping people in times of need. And get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. Bible says, or if they need lodging for the night. Hospitality. Hospitality. Just don't invite only pastor. Don't invite only pastor's family. Invite others. There are people, they are not getting invited by one family in the whole year. Any of you are like this? So that we can invite you tonight. There are families that are not getting invited by any other family. Invite them. Invite strangers. Invite those who are new to this country. Invite those who are new in your community. Inviting guests to home is a ministry. Hospitality ministry. And these are all coming under spiritual gifts. Administration in the church, in the kingdom of God is a spiritual gift. Loving each other is a spiritual gift. Honoring each other is a spiritual gift. People of this world love and care and honor with ex- by expectation, with an expectation of re- getting something in return. But children of God love and care without expecting anything in return. That's the reason, you know, Bible says, if you give, if you extend your hospitality to someone the next day or next week, he can invite you back home. What is the use of it? Invite somebody who can never invite you into their house. Give to somebody who can never give you a return. You know, these are the Christian, you know, Christian gifts, our spiritual gifts. Let's move further. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 to 28. I said very practical, you know, we need to talk about the practical things which is possible, which, which we can do. We can start practicing. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 to 28. Reading from New KJV. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. <clears throat> 
and members individually verse 28 and God has appointed these in the church first apostles apostles are the pioneers they, they are visionaries they have a vision to start new church in the place there is no church there is no congregation they go into those areas and start church there they are the apostles and God has appointed these in the church first apostles second prophets prophets are the one they prophesy or they preach they bring the word of God to the generation and teachers they are Bible teachers and we are not talking about somebody else we are talking about you we are talking about you I believe there are apostles here I believe there are prophets here I believe there are teachers here we need to listen to God what God what do you want me to be and what is your expectation in your in my life and with says teachers and then miracles there are people those who are gifted when they pray miracles will take place what do we do with our gift what do we do with our gift today the gift of healing there are people who are anointed their hands are anointed they are blessed where are your hands what are you doing with those hands why do we expect only pastor or somebody to pray why you cannot expect why do you cannot extend your help to somebody who is in need helps administrations various tongues people who can spiritually speak in tongues and also people who can who are blessed with multiple languages they can interpret they can go and introduce themselves to you to those people and talk in their same language and bring them to God various gifts Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 reading from the Living Bible some of us have been given special ability as apostles again Paul is writing to others he has given the gift of being able to preach well some have special ability in winning people to Christ helping them to trust in God look at the calling of God over our lives some are called as apostles and pioneers some are called as preachers to preach you know there are people here you can preach well where is those skills where are those skills why don't we use those skills evangelists winning people to Christ helping them to trust him and bring them to God helping them to trust their Savior you know there are people here you share about Christ in your workplace do you do that anybody here any of you do yes 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 the call on your life is an evangelical call if you do that you are an evangelist sometimes you don't know the call of God in our over our lives we are called having an evangelical call over our life still others have a gift for caring for God's people as a shepherd does his sheep pastoral calling leading and teaching them in the ways of God a Bible teachers calling you know God is calling his people to serve him we are talked about called to serve we are still talking about that exhorting and encouraging Acts chapter 4 verse 36 let's read the scripture and Joseph who was also named Barnabas by the Apostles and Barnabas means encouragement son of encouragement or son of consolation a Levite of the country of Cyprus you know I think we need Barnabas we need many Barnabas today in the church we need men and women to come and encourage people those who are going through a difficult time come and comfort them come and console them we need Barnabas's you know God has given you that gift God has given you that ability to encourage people 
to encourage people and to support people. You don't get into this, you know, the, the very, you know, in, internals of the trouble. God has given you the ability to stand outside and counsel and support and encourage. I know, I don't want to name you, but I know that God has given you that ability to encourage somebody, encourage people. Intercessory prayer ministries. Remember Abraham was interceding to God that God may not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham was interceding. He was coming. He was bargaining with God. And he was saying, Lord, if there are 50 righteous, will you not destroy? Lord, there are 45 righteous, will you not destroy? Lord, there are, if there are 40 righteous, 30 righteous, 20 righteous, 10 righteous. And God said, I will not destroy if there are 10 righteous people. But there was, there wasn't. And God had to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But Abraham was interceding. God had called you. God has already called you to intercede. Moses was interceding on behalf of the children of Israel. And you know, God wanted to destroy the children of Israel. But Moses was standing between God and people. He's saying that if you do not forgive them, please blot me out of your book of life, which you have written. Where you have written my name, please remove my name. You know, God is looking for intercessors. If God has anointed with you, anointed you with an ability to pray, with a prayer anointing, God is calling you into the ministry. Called to sow. How do you know the calling of God? There are two simple things. How do you know? Number one, God brings opportunity in front of you. God brings opportunity in front of you. Number two, He gives you the burden. He gives you the burden. Let's move further. Call to leave. Call to leave. You know, this is the highest calling that can come on anyone's life. It can come on a clock, a cobbler, a shoemaker like William Carey. And it can also come on an ordinary fisherman like Peter. God can call anyone irrespective of their profession nationality, skin color, qualification, experience, and the abilities, God can call anyone. Sometimes we may term this as full-time ministry, called to leave, called to leave. Or you may say that it is a full-time profession, a ministry as a full-time profession. Don't think that it is not for you. Listen to me carefully. Don't think that it is not for you. You know, I thought the same way it is not for me, but I end up in doing it. You know, there are times we think that it is not for us, but God makes it another way. Some of you listening to me right now, you have a full-time calling in your life. Listen to me carefully. You have a full-time calling to serve God. I'm sure otherwise I not have prepared this sermon for you. God has called you a couple of times. God has reminded you a couple of times. And again this morning God is speaking to you. Let's talk about the call of the disciples. Matthew was a tax collector. He was sitting in his tax booth. I want you to pictureize this. I want you to imagine this. Matthew was in a very busy man. He was just sitting and collecting taxes. We read in Matthew chapter 9 verse 9 As Jesus was passing from there He saw a man by name Matthew Sitting at the tax office 
and he said to him follow me all that Jesus said to Matthew was follow me so he arose and followed him that is the call of God upon anyone you know you can imagine how difficult for a tax collector to behave in this way you know it could never happen because he was such a man of honor and even though he was rejected and neglected by people they spoke bad things about him but then everywhere everyone was so afraid of him because nobody knows how much tax he's going to ask and Jesus walked by and only one word follow me you know remember this morning that only one word can change your life how hard your heart may be this morning but that only word can pull you out of that out of the, your situation and will help you will make you to leave everything for the sake of the gospel peter and andrew were fishermen mark chapter 1 verses 16 and 18 we read and as jesus walked by the sea of galilee he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, just the same word, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. We are talking about, we are talking about called to save, sorry, called to leave, called to leave. Matthew was called to leave his profession. Peter and Andrew, they were called to leave their profession. All that Jesus said to them was, follow me. Elijah, he was a farmer in his profession. First Kings chapter 19, we read this. Then Elijah, sorry, Elijah passed by Elijah and he threw his mantle on Elijah. Verse 20, and Elisha left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And Elijah said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? Verse 21, so Elijah turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then Elisha arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Elijah, all that Elijah did was through the mantle of God, mantle of Elijah over Elisha, the call of God came over his life, called to leave. From the examples we quoted, looks like the calls, God's call requires, God's call to leave requires a change of profession. But again, don't think that it's not for you. Never assume that, you know, when it comes to the matter of God's call, never assume. Not everyone is called to leave. It is given, that privilege is given only for special people. Only for special people. Even today, God handpicks people, not just randomly, but according to his foreknowledge and according to the faithfulness they show in the little things they are entrusted with. Luke chapter 6, sorry, 16, verse 10. We are reading from NLT. Luke chapter 10, 16, verse 10. Read that with me. If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. You know, God knows your heart. 
God knows your mind and God knows your sincerity. God knows your faithfulness in what you do. God has been observing this all along in your life. And when the time comes, you know, God is going to handpick you. God is going to select you. God is going to put the mark on you. God is going to throw the mantle on you. God is going to speak to you. And God is going to tell you, follow me, follow me. And when that call of God comes in your mind, in your life, you cannot sit quiet. You don't need to be highly skilled to be called by God, to, to be called to leave. You don't need to be highly equipped because God doesn't want the equipped. He calls people and then he equipped them to serve God. God doesn't call, you know, based on qualifications or based on eloquence or social status. God calls because of his foreknowledge and the faithfulness and the little faith and little faithfulness with which you serve God. And God is going to call you based on that. Bible says, God calls the foolish and weak things of the world to bring glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 26 to 29. We will be finishing in a couple of minutes and then we are going to pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 26 to 29. For you see your calling brethren that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are deposited God has chosen sorry and which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence God has chosen the foolish things of the world God has cho chosen the weak things of the world you know what the things that you feel that you don't have the things that the area that you feel that you are not able the area that you feel that you are so afraid that's where God is going to show his strength that's where God is going to show his wisdom because the glory has glory belongs to God the glory belongs to his presence and God wants to use you in that way God wants you to wants to do that in your life so that you are called to leave Unlike the other calls, this call comes with the price. We need to talk about that too. This call comes with the price. The price may be, listen to me carefully, the price may be leaving your parents like Prophet Elisha did. The price may be leaving your children as the missionaries do. And where these missionaries are coming from. I always think that missionaries are maybe made somewhere else in another planet and brought down onto the, to the planet of earth. I don't think so. Where the missionaries are coming from? They are just coming from people like sitting here. They are just like us. They were sitting in the church one fine morning, listening to the word of God. They never thought that God would send them to this nation. But you know what? When the call of God comes upon their lives, they could not resist. They end up in going there called to leave that also means they're leaving your own country like Abraham who was called to come out of the Chaldeans and he came he obeyed the voice of God this is the same call of God it continues over the period of time 
And even in the time of times of New Testament, and even today, it is the same call. It comes with the same power and authority and same anointing. The same call come, came upon, came over Abraham. The same call came up over Moses. It is the same anointing and the same call in your life and my life. Call to leave also means leaving your studies, like Hudson Taylor did, leaving his med school because he had to go to China. The call came in his life here to go to China. The call, this call also means the leaving your profession like many pastors and evangelists do today. The same thing even I had to do at some point of time in my life. Call to leave. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24, Jesus said, now it brings a context to the scripture. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If you are called to leave, your number one priority is not your profession, is not your family, is not your tradition, is not your celebrations, occasions and gatherings. Your number one priority is your call. If God is calling you to leave, the number one priority becomes your call. Matthew chapter 8 verse 21. Then another of his disciples said to Jesus, Lord, it's true that you have called me. But let me first go and bury my father. Verse 22, Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own. Have you come across the stories of missionary? They were not even given an opportunity to come for the funeral of their children. The child died and someone else has to bury because call of God becomes the number one priority when God is calling someone to leave. Elijah, Elijah saw Elisha plowing with a 12 yoke of oxen. Must, must, must be a rich man. And Elijah walked nearby and threw the mantle on Elijah. And Elisha left the oxen and came to follow Elijah. And then he spoke to Elijah and said, 1 Kings 19, 20 and 21. You know, this is what he said eventually. Elijah said, please let me kiss my father and my mother. Basically, let me go and say goodbye to them, and then I will follow you. And Elijah said to him, go back again. For what have I done to you? I don't have anything to do with that. Go back. Because the call of God came upon your life. Your father will be kissed by somebody else. Your mother will be taken care. Do not worry about them. You are called to leave. You are called to leave. You know, when such call of God comes in our lives, God wants to keep the call over our lives, upon our lives as number one priority. Bible says Elijah, Elijah went back and he killed the oxen, destroyed the equipment and he followed Elijah. This call requires a change of profession. Elijah was a farmer. Now he is not a farmer anymore. Peter and Andrew, they were fishermen. Now they are not fishermen anymore. We call this as a full-time ministry calling. You know, we need to know about it, what it is. God may call one of you or both of you together in this kingdom. Those who are served God today at full-time capacity, they are just ordinary people like us. They are not different. They are just like us. There's no reason why God's cannot call cannot come over your life. Kingdom of God, listen to me this. Kingdom of God suffers lack of willing individuals to serve 
in this capacity. Pastors are quitting. Really, pastors are quitting. Bible college students, they don't come back to ministry because they come back with 30,000, 40,000 debt, spending their money in the Bible college, and they realize very late in their lives that ministry cannot help them to pay back the loan. They end up in doing something else. Missionaries are returning home. No more prophets, no more evangelists. Nobody is willing to pioneer the work of God. God is looking at the churches today. I wish this was preached in the churches today. God is looking at us to expand to further the kingdom of God. And who is responsible for expanding and furthering the kingdom of God? God has already invested so much in our lives. We heard many sermons, sermons, sermons after sermon. This morning the question is, what are you going to do for God? What are you going to do for Him? And when can this happen? We are talking about you know, something you know, where we need to leave everything and go, go follow God. And when this can happen in your life? Listen to me, this doesn't happen overnight. If God wants you to serve Him full time, listen to me. God has been already speaking to you about it. God has been already touching your life. God has been already working in your life. Listen to me carefully. It can happen in two ways. Number one, you already you feel the need of serving Him full time. You already feel that need inside of you. Number two, you suddenly receive the command to follow Him. Or you realize the mantle is falling over your life. Then it can happen. How do you know God is calling you to leave full time? How do you know? You know, it's a very, 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 very difficult question to answer, but I'm trying to help. I'm just giving you only the guideline with my experience and with my knowledge on God's word. How do you know that if God is calling you to leave? Number one, He confirms His call with many ways. He confirms His call to leave through prophetical utterances, dreams and visions, sometimes an audible voice, sometimes maybe inner prompting, God confirms that to you. If God is calling you to leave, if God is calling you to leave, secondly, if God is calling you to leave, He closes all the other doors. You may be trying different things in your life, you may be spending money here and there. You may do this course and that course. You may apply for many jobs and you may attend many interviews. You may try to switch jobs from one job to another job. Nothing satisfies you and nothing works and you are tired of everything and you are frustrated. You feel that nothing is working in my life. If God is calling you, He is capable of closing all the other doors. All the other doors. Number three, guidance. Not experiencing blessing otherwise. For me personally, my job was never a blessing. We were living in debt when I was working. Never it was a blessing. Probably, and I was sharing to someone on the other day, probably I was really too late to recognize the call of God over my life. Job resulted in more debt, more debt. But when we started ministry, when we came, right now, we are almost debt-free. Amen? 
Amen. How this can happen? Our glory to God. I don't know how it happened. It happened. I don't know. Not experiencing blessing. Otherwise, if God is calling you, your job is not a blessing. You encounter failures everywhere. You are rejected by people. You are unable to come up in your career. Unable to finish the university. You end up in quitting. Because maybe you are ministry burden. Possible. Or you may get into sudden health issues that are not curable. You may get into sudden health conditions that are not curable. But now listen to me. There is a caution. I'm not saying you try everything and if nothing works, you come to ministry. I'm not saying that. Are you clear? I'm not saying you try everything, you, nothing works, you come to ministry. I'm not saying that. I'm giving an idea, giving a guideline. If things are not working in your life, there is no reason why you may not carry the call of, your, call of God and you may not still realize that. Number four, the mantle falls upon you. It is a supernatural empowerment or a revelation that could happen to you. The mantle of God's love. You know, you are clothed with God's love. There is nothing else other you can do other than just completely surrendering and willing, doing the, willing to do the will of, will of God. The mantle of heavy burden comes and lays on you and then you cannot do anything other than surrendering. The mantle of anointing comes upon you heavily and you cannot do anything else other than submitting to the call to leave you know i strongly believe many of you are called called to serve called to end also few of you are called to leave maybe you don't know you're calling it or you may not be trying to know but this morning god is telling you god has been following up with you you know along with the other follow-ups he has done already in the past in your life this morning god is speaking to you but now my job is to deliver this. My job is to let you know that God is a God who calls you to serve and calls you to leave. And I did that already. We have only one life. Think about it. We have only one life. It's better to give than to take. It is better to serve than to withdraw. It is better to obey than disobey. It is better to accept than reject. But it is up to us to make a decision if God is speaking to you. We are here to guide you. We are here to help you. This land has plenty of opportunities. There, is, there are opportunities for evangelists in this land. There are opportunities for missionaries, inland missionaries. There are opportunities to serve in whatever capacity that we need. There are plenty of opportunities. God has brought us. And wherever you are this morning, your land has many opportunities, plenty of opportunity. This time God is calling you. God is speaking to you. William Carey, who is called the father of missions. He served the Lord in India for many years. He gradually became very concerned about his, the attitude of his son, Felix. The young man, he promised to become a missionary, but he failed. He failed to fulfill the vows that he made to his father. And he was appointed as an ambassador to Burma by the Queen of England and William Carey wrote to his friend asking prayer for his son with these words and this is what he said listen to me pray for Felix he has degenerated into an ambassador of the British government when he should be serving the King of Kings amen serving Jesus is a privilege 
Serving Jesus is a royal assignment that no one, no other position can give you. Nobody can give you and honor you with that responsibility. Serving Jesus is an honorable, privileged, royal assignment. This position comes with authority and power. Because the one who is calling you is mighty, is powerful. It's a privilege and not just privilege, there's benefits packaged along with this call because the one who is calling you, he is the owner of the universe. Amen. And God is calling you today. When Adoniram Judson, an American missionary, graduated from the college and seminary, he received a call from a very fashionable church in Boston. And he was called to become an assistant pastor in the church. And you know what? Everyone congratulated. His mother and sister came along and said they were so rejoicing. They are thinking that, you know, now you can live with us in our home. And from there you can go to work every day. But Judson shook his head and he said, my work is not here. He said, God is calling me beyond the seas. To stay here even to serve God in his ministry. He says, I feel would be only partial obedience. I could not be happy about that. Although it cost him a great struggle, he left his mother, called to leave. Left his mother and sister to follow the heavenly call. Judson's churches in Burma have had 50,000 converts and the influence of his consecrated life is spoken everywhere all around the world today. Serving God is a privilege that we don't deserve but rejecting the call of God rejecting the call of God to serve has lifelong implications do you know that serving God is a privilege that we don't deserve but rejecting the call of God to serve has lifelong implications God is calling you to serve God is calling you to leave are we ready shall we all just arise for a time of prayer this morning just want to ask a couple of questions before we pray what have you decided to do for him what have you decided to do for him he has done so much for you what have you decided to do for the king of king and your master what is your call to serve is God calling you to leave? Is God calling you to leave? Let's close our eyes.